Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. Thank you for listening. David, how you doing? Uh, better than you are, apparently. Oh my gosh. You're steamed. I, man, <laughs> oh, if only our friend, uh, if only our guest knew what he hath wrought. Uh, uh, our friend Greg Helvey's back. Greg, how you doing there, buddy? I'm doing great. Doing great. Glad to hear it. Feeling honest. Can You're we feeling... start over? No. <laughs> no we're, we're in it. We're in it to win it. And uh, Greg, as you know, when you're in it to win it, you got to pay to play. And uh, so here we are. Yeah, Greg was uh, Greg, Greg was giving me some uh, constructive criticism about so. my other podcast, more than one lesson. Uh, which have you have you even even listened to the show, Greg? He, he couldn't make it to the the open the intro the music. I can't say as I blame him. <laughs> it's so atrocious. <laughs> okay, we gotta start over. No, we're not starting <laughs> over. This is the show, Greg. Welcome to it. Right. Uh, no, my my bravo- my <coughs> my anger is is largely fake, but uh, <laughs> largely, largely fake. It's always kind of there, <laughs> but uh, you know. But you brought it to it was it was simmering. You brought it to a boil. But uh, so yeah, we've got <laughs> uh, we have uh, Greg Helvey back with us. Greg, how you doing? I am actually doing good. Okay, glad doing to well. Hear it. All right, uh, I'm also doing well. You're welcome to say whatever you want about my shows. Um, no, Lord knows everybody else does. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, I think actually before we get into, um, finding out, you know, what's, what's been going on with Greg, you know, a lot since you were last here, before we do that, uh, I just want to, re- this is the last episode that'll air before our live show. And so I wanted to say it at wow, the beginning. true. Yeah. I wanted to say it at the beginning and not at the end because yeah. if anybody's like me, once the announcements start, I turn okay. things off. Let me warm up. Let me get into announcer mode here. Oh, okay. All right. All right, I gotta pretend like it's the end of the show. Like, okay. I can't wait to get out of here because that's how usually the mindset I'm in. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we're being honest, right? <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, listen up, Angelinos or people who will be in the Southland area on Saturday, June fifth, two thousand ten. Yeah. What you want to do is you want to make your way over to seventy five twenty two Sunset Boulevard. It's called Meltdown Comics. Meltdown and Comics. Yeah. There in the in the Meltdown Gallery in the back. Uh, it's going to be Battleship Pretension Live. Whew. It's five bucks to get in. Yep. Uh, I think it's at five forty nine. Five forty nine. Yes. Yeah. Bring a couple quarters, or if you want another dollar, if you want some quarters coming back. Yeah. Um. Or bring bring you know a ten, so you have some singles to tip your bartender. Oh. Because here's here's the thing: five dollars, five bucks to get in, but the beer is free. Yeah. As long as you're twenty one or over, and please tip your bartender. Yes. But that that's right there. Five bucks to get in and drink free beer for two hours. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. To just sit and do nothing. Yeah. But no. Is there, wait, is it just we're sitting n- and, and drinking beer? No, we're not going to let it, leave it at that. Oh, we okay. We could and we'd be, we'd be offering a great place for people to hang out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But no, we're going to go one further and yeah. we're going to add some comedy to the mix. Comedy to the mix. I uh, have to assume, of course, David, you're talking about just you and me. No, no, no. Funny stuff. Funny oh, okay. Stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. People who have been on the show, people who are funny, people who are funny, Professionally, outside yeah. of the show, well, we're talking about an Ed Salazar. Yeah, uh, you, you, you got your you got your Paul Goble, the King of TV. Yeah, you got your Mike Schmidt, forty year old boy. Yeah, you have uh, star of Inglorious Bastards, Paul Rust. Yeah, uh, and the hilarious uh, former host hosts of Cheap Seats without Ron Parker, uh, noted St. Louisans, the Sklar Brothers. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a night of 
just a raucous comedy. Absolutely. Merriment, I yeah. would say. And we're gonna it's gonna they're gonna be doing some stand up and they're gonna be chatting with us. Like, yeah. like the show is, you know, so you get a bit of both. You get some stand up, you get a bit of battleship pretension. Uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's five bucks. Yeah. That's it. Free Eight. beer. Yeah, 8 p.m. June 5th. 8 p.m. June 5th, Meltdown so. Comics, 7522 Sunset yeah. Boulevard. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to you guys being there. Now, Greg, I don't remember. Are you going to be there? I will be out of town, but I was there for the first one, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, One out of two ain't bad. That's half. I'll take <laughs> what I can get. Once the third one rolls around, well, then you know, all bets are off. Okay, now we're talking. Um, but, yeah, so we wanted to, uh, to say that, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. The show is really shaping up. Uh, Meltdown, as always, has been super awesome yeah, uh, and very accommodating. The show starts at 8, but get there early and buy some comics. Cause it's really awesome. It's, yeah. a great, it's, a, it's a great shop. I bought one of my Riddler figures there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then, of course, uh, special thanks to um, Adam Rebitaro for his design of our poster, yeah. which I, uh, I, I... You know, it seems like I notice something new every time I look at it. <laughs> I, I didn't really even notice <clears throat> that in the background... Uh, is a big battleship, yeah. fairly intricately designed, I, I arriving. Adam, I hope Adam knows yeah. that by making this awesome, awesome poster, he has agreed to make all our posters for all future shows. That's the idea. Yes, I hope he knows that. Absolutely, absolutely. If he didn't want to keep doing it, he yeah. shouldn't have made such an awesome poster. Yeah, yeah. If only he'd known that <laughs> yeah. mediocrity really would have been his ticket out of this thing. Um, all right. Speaking of which. Uh, we got Greg Helvey here, uh, whose film no- nominated didn't win, um, which I think makes it kind of like a failure. Um, that's uh, that's of course a huge joke. Uh, for those yeah, for those who hadn't listened to our past episode with Greg, uh, Greg uh, wrote and directed, right, and produced and produced uh, a short, a live action short called Kavi, which was nominated for an Oscar for best live action short, mm-hmm. and uh, as Tyler mentioned, it didn't win. But uh, Greg looked uh, very dashing in his tuxedo Why? For, the, for the second and a half he was on screen on, on the television. It was, it was, you know, it's. Uh, I've gotten to a point, and and we've had enough people on the show now that uh, you get you get used to seeing people. You know, uh, we, you and I had Matt Champagne on on the show, and then we played a game of Labyrinth, and then we ate some pizza, and then he left, and you and I recorded another show. Um, and then after you and I recorded, Jen and I were watching TV. There's Matt Champagne in a Sears commercial or something. Sure, yeah. We had sa- Wyatt Snack, who would go on to be on The Daily Show. Absolutely. We had Josh Fadum, who would go on to be on 30 Rock. Yeah. What's, your, what's your point? My point we're is, very well connected. We all know. What's abso- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the strange... It, so it's, it's, you kind of get used to it. But oddly enough, it was really exciting. Uh, I guess because I was in a room full of, I was in a room full of friends... Uh, mm. And uh, my clout went up a little bit Where I'm just like Hey that's Greg Helvey He was on my show He's my good friend <laughs> And uh, <laughs> But it was just uh, It was really neat to see you uh, again It wasn't you know no, Nobody regard Nobody associated with like The short film category Was on screen very long unfortunately But it was really cool to see like Whoa there's Greg right there That's really awesome Now let's talk about the tux Yeah Wh- Whom <laughs> were you wearing? Uh, actually um, I an old friend from undergrad, University of Virginia, uh, a guy named um, Colin Hunter, uh, ha- now has his own clothing line in right. New York and called Alton Lane. And he and his friend Neil uh, made a custom tuxedo That's for awesome. me. So <laughs> it was pr- it was sweet. I do and- remember you, you mentioned being at the last live show and you came out to the the 
restaurant and bar with us afterwards, mm-hmm. and I had had a few beers. And I remember giving you uh, slightly drunken advice on, <laughs> on your tuxedo, so I'm trying to figure out if you followed any of it. Was it was it black or was it midnight blue? It was black. Okay, right. classic yeah. black shawl collar. Shawl uh, collar. Yeah, I love the shawl. Yeah, because I remember I specifically told you. I remember saying, "Don't go with notch lapels, peak or shawl," and you went with the shawl. Oh yeah, I guess that was good advice. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was you know we were in a bow tie. Who, no, a I was tie. wearing a, a skinny tie. Skinny tie. Okay, but you know, I mean, it was sweet tux. It. They, uh, you know, stitched my name in it, and they you, provided a shirt that, and they stitched uh, Kavi in the neck. In do you the still collar. have it? Then? Oh yeah, they gave it to me. It was, you know, free tuxedo, that free custom tuxedo from nice. Alton Lane. I'm um, suddenly inspired to write and direct and produce a short film <laughs> just for the promise <laughs> of getting a custom-made tuxedo. Well, now, David, no need for that. If any listeners um, <laughs> make tuxedos. Make one for David. Maybe throw a vest my way or something. Yeah, but uh, you, they, you actually do, what I like. they actually Midnight do blue, like a body color. scan. They, yeah. they, if you go to their their place in New York, it's like AltonLane.com. But if you go to their place in New York, they do an actual body scan to get like perfect measurements. Alton so, Lane. Yeah. All Alton right. Lane. All right. That's a nice uh, nice plug for them. Yeah, Let's they should be a sponsor. Of, yeah. And maybe uh, they <laughs> should they should dress me and Tyler for our live shows. <laughs> Ugh. I will not make your tuxedos look good, guys. Uh, I'll look oh, really dumpy. We don't have to wear tuxedos. Oh, okay. I'm sure they make more than tuxedos over there. Yeah, they make, make suits and, and all shirts. Do they make flannel kinds. shirts? <laughs> that's what I like. Um, all right. But it's cool. I mean, I've gotten a ton of use out of it. Yeah, since absolutely. It's been great. Yeah, did, you, did, you, did you bring it to Cannes with you? No, you went to Cannes just recently. Yeah. You're just back from Cannes. Yeah, I wore it a couple of times in Cannes. Yeah. Um, wore it to the student Emmys. And... Uh, yeah, getting some good mileage out of it. That's awesome. All right, well, let's before we get uh, that's AltonLane.com. AltonLane.com. <laughs> really wanted them to give us some free stuff. Absolutely, yeah, for all your tuxedo <laughs> needs and ours as well. Um, I'm a forty regular. Forty regular. <laughs> I'd say that's about right. Um, so let's uh, let's go back a little bit, sure, Greg. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, it's February second, right? Yeah. Uh, you're uh, the. It's like going to be f- the the Oscar nomina- uh, nominations are going to be announced at I believe five a.m. roughly right five thirty a.m. five thirty a.m. Uh, take us there, Greg. You're a storyteller. Uh, were you able to sleep at all? Well, I actually had a ton of work to do the night before, so I was up, and then I realized it was only you know three or four hours away and just did a little Facebook update and people wondering what I was still doing up, assuming that I couldn't sleep. And, um, my, uh, wife and I, we don't actually have TV. We don't have cable TV or anything, so mm-hmm. we couldn't really watch it on TV. And, uh, a friend actually had been nominated for an Oscar in the past and he and his wife, uh, set an alarm and they got up before. And I was just thinking, well, why don't we just, you know, I don't want to jinx it, so why don't we just sleep and not set an alarm and uh-huh. just see what happens? So that was the plan, but we woke up, you know, couldn't help it. Uh-huh. Woke up, uh, you know, 30 minutes beforehand, tried to, you know, go back to sleep, and then suddenly my phone started exploding with text messages. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I was like, I guess that's it. And we looked at it and just, you know, saw the saw the news, and I just did a 
you know, a song and dance was just shouting at the top of my lungs, five thirty in the morning, and and. But there had to be a second before you actually looked at the text that you were afraid all of them said like, "Oh, that's oh too bad. next time, better luck <laughs> next, next time, time yeah, yeah. buddy." Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it all happened so fast. I didn't even think about it, and I just looked straight at the text message, and mm-hmm. and there was the news, and talked to my parents. My mom was crying, and my dad was just so excited, and talked to my. Uh, uh, mother-in-law she was you know screaming uh-huh. at the top of her lungs <laughs> and and then actually i i turned off my phone and tried to fall back asleep that wasn't happening yeah you know an hour later turned on the phone again and the thing almost blew up in my hands i mean mm-hmm. just like text message after text message and you know the voicemail was full so it was a pretty wild experience mm-hmm. just just that yeah, I mean, David and I had a similar experience. I don't know if you know, but we were mentioned in Movie Maker magazine. I couldn't, I, I couldn't sleep for a week. I was so excited. Um, my phone was exploding. I mean, admittedly, well, I was. We text- knew yeah. like eight a.m. Wednesday they're going to announce the ten podcasts worth a listen. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But uh, oh, good times. Um, now, of course, <clears throat> that evening, uh, I, I and several other people were going to be over at your place. I arrived. Uh, Early, not on purpose. That's not like you. I got the time wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to address it. Um, and, uh, and you know, I expected to, to come in and see uh, an elated, excited Greg Helvey. What I saw was a man who was so stressed that it looked like, <laughs> that it looked like m- much like his phone, his heart was about to explode. And, uh, and you were in no position to have guests, so I helped you wash some dishes, um, <laughs> which I would say is about right. You know, you'll, you'll go on to fame and fortune, and I'll be like, I, I'll wash your dishes for you, Mr. Helvey. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so why, you know, uh, you got a lot of texts, and, I, and not just from well-wishers, like who all was, uh, was contacting well, you? Well, there were, yeah, there were, you know, a, a million other things to take care of um, right at that point then the whole distribution dance began with um, Shorts International, who was working with Magnolia Pictures, uh, to hammer out distribution deals for the five nominated shorts. They they wanted to do a 100-theater theatrical release in uh, the U.S., U.K., Canada, Mexico, and the iTunes release. Um, you know, got a bunch of calls for representation, and uh, a lot of press uh, was contacting me, especially press in India. Mm-hmm. And actually, since they are 13 to, and to a half clarify, hours... Kavi takes place in India. Right. For those who don't know about the film, it's about a boy in India who wants to play cricket. He wants to go to school, but instead he's forced to make bricks as a modern-day slave. And, yeah, I guess it would help to <laughs> listen to that other <laughs> podcast. Right. People have no context here. Um but yeah, we you know the movie was actually blowing up in India, and since they're thirteen and a half hours ahead, I started getting calls from from India starting that evening. So it was kind of you know twenty four hours a day, mm-hmm. and we we had some fantastic headlines in the press over there. Everyone was expecting. Uh, A.R. Rahman, the the composer of Slumdog, to get another nomination. And when he didn't, the spotlight shifted to Kavi. And uh-huh. there were headlines in, like, 
the Hindustan Times saying India's only Oscar hope, Kavi. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, the Times of India. And it was it was pretty wild uh, how it was all blowing up. So, you know, it was I, I was definitely excited and thrilled, but it was also a tidal wave mm-hmm. um, of a tidal wave of goodness. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, especially that first day it, without having, you know, more than a couple hours of sleep, it was, um, exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, so you, you now have representation, correct? Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things that, that really fascinated me because I remember, <clears throat> you know, for the, for the, the month of, uh, of February, uh, Every time I talk to you, you'd, I mean, it's not that you were incredibly stressed. You know, you, you had a lot of uh, what some would consider to be, like, good problems, but you just had to, like, wade through just this, you know, speaking of tidal wave, just like a sea of phone calls and emails and all this from people saying, like, hey, I, wanna, I want to represent you. Um, and, and I feel like you are, you know, you're in actually kind of a rare position. We actually made reference uh, to your situation a couple weeks ago when we talked about Hollywood and and the the money making machine of it, uh, and so you're kind of in a rare position to talk about the idea of like finding uh, management, but also like how how you go about finding a good manager. I know that you know you had a bunch of people. Not everyone's going to have this, but you know you had people breaking down your door to try to represent you, um, and some of them you mentioned are, are, were fairly pretty high pressure. And uh, that it just really uh, stressed you out. And so without going into, you know, a great deal of detail, it, it, it interests me, uh, this, this aspect of being a successful filmmaker. It has nothing to do with film. It has nothing to do with creativity. And it has to do with pure, purely with business and with, uh, to a certain extent, instincts. You know, knowing which manager to go for, which agent to go for. So, like, kind of talk about that, that situation and... and the phone calls you got and, and that sort of thing. Well, I, it, you know, a lot of, all of this stuff comes down to relationships and you're going to be working with these people for hopefully a long time. So, um, for me, the, the most important thing was to find people I was comfortable with and find people who I just felt connected to. So having that good working professional relationship was key to me in, in, and that's kind of how I sorted through um, all the different options. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing to mention is that, you know, in in the Oscar nomination, it, Kavi was the only student film. You know, this was actually my thesis film from mm-hmm. USC. And so I'm kind of like a, a one-man show um, going at it as opposed to these other productions that have huge budgets and a huge team. So, you know, I was pretty much doing the, the, the best I could uh, with the resources I had and trying to make the wisest decisions possible, uh, based on, on my gut and based on, uh, the advice and wisdom I could glean from other people who had been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember you, you mentioned that from from a few from a few uh you know managers uh they they really seem to stress that like you know uh when the time comes and the oscars come and go you know 
you're not going to be such a sought after commodity. So like now is really your moment where you're this, you know, you're among the nominees and there is no winner yet. So, you you know, just people like really putting on the pressure. And uh, I mean, it's just but you you have management now and you're and you're pleased with it, correct? Oh, yeah. I I uh, love my managers. They've been great. Okay. And um, they're yeah, you know, the the different people that I talked to for representation had different approaches and some was very much fear based. And that's not what appealed to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's why the relationship is is important to me. I'm not looking for friends um, in in representation. I'm just looking for uh, solid, uh, productive uh, relationships and mm-hmm. ones that are are mutually respectful. Okay. Um, and then what? Uh so you have Does that a, answer your question? No, abs- absolutely. It's just, it, you know, it, it, it was There was a lot of like, there, yeah, like you were saying, there was a lot of selling the sizzle and not the steak. Mm-hmm. And it's important to strike while the iron is hot. And it's important to also know that, you know, thing, no matter what the timing or what whatever the situation, at the end of the day, it's always going to come back to just hard work. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be even, you know, with, I think, um, an Oscar nomination, it's not going to equal overnight success. Definitely doors will be open and so many doors have been opened, but you still have to walk and put one fr- foot in front of the other and just mm-hmm. work hard. Yeah. Um, so you're not, you're, you're, you're saying people should not bank on a Robert Evans situation where someone just says, you're going to be in my film or, or here, I want to represent you. You know, just, you get, you got to put forth the effort because 99 times out of a hundred, that's probably what will make the difference. Well, especially today in, in the economic climate of Hollywood, people are afraid to take risks. They are, it's not, it's a different kind of Hollywood and it's, um, yeah, you just have to, make things happen on your own mm-hmm. i mean you you put your team together you get good representation hopefully and and you go at it um it reminds me of a uh, a story that uh, i don't think i've told on this show i told it on my other show that 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 one that you don't care for but it's <laughs> it's uh in which uh it was back in back in uh, film school where uh <coughs> my in my production two class we had a guest speaker <coughs> excuse me a guest speaker who was talking about, you know, what you need to succeed in, in Hollywood. And uh, he goes, he goes, what is the most important thing that a person can have for success uh, in, in film? And uh, people said, like, connections. He goes, connections are important? Yes, but uh, uh, that's not what I'm going for. And so he just, he, it, this lasted way too long, this little guessing game. Uh, and people started getting, like, you know, just, like, uh persistence and you know uh stuff like that gumption <laughs> gumption absolutely <laughs> intuitiveness stick to it <laughs> and uh but he kept saying like no that's very important but that's not what i'm looking for nobody nobody luck you need luck and you just saw the whole room's shoulders just sag and be like did we literally just sit through this <laughs> so you could tell us that the one thing we cannot actually acquire 
is is the thing that's most important. Um, and I remember my instructor got kind of uh, mad at him, not in the moment, but afterwards we got got kind of mad at him. That it's just like, you know, he he's selling this idea of. I mean, you do need a certain degree of you know luck or or good fortune. Um, but he's like, you know, you're, he's just selling this idea. He's selling this mystique of Hollywood. Of it's like, oh, if, you know, if the right guy sees you at the right time, then hey, it could all work for you. You know. And he said that that's not what it, that is some of it, but you you got to put yourself out there. You got to do the work. All the things that everyone else everyone said in class. That's what it actually does take. And then yes, luck might take you a little bit, but uh, it just frustrated uh, it frustrated my teacher so much that this guy was was it sounded like the guy was trying to weed out his competition and just be like all right this is another crop of kids i don't have to worry about you know taking jobs from me um but uh but yeah just it, you're, what you were saying reminded me of of that that uh yeah i mean hard work is there's no there's no substitute for that well luck's important oh absolutely <laughs> yeah 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 and you never know who you're gonna meet or what situation you're gonna be in. you just have to be ready to pounce on it which you uh which you absolutely have been. Uh, I've been telling my friends that uh, the one person who is quite possibly more of a shameless self-promoter than me. Than I. Than I. Thank you, David. <sighs> the, uh, is, is you, Greg. Uh, <laughs> I remember you and I went to see Avatar. And uh, <clears throat> you struck up a conversation. I don't talk to complete strangers on the street. Uh, but you, we, we were sitting next to a guy and you just struck up a conversation with him and gave him one of your cards. And it just astounded me that you actually were able to do that. But I guess that's kind of what's required. Well, you know, for me, I really enjoy meeting people. Mm -hmm. So this guy had a really unique voice and I wondered if he had ever done any kind of voiceover and we started talking and, you know, who knows if I'll need voiceover for a movie, but Mm -hmm. you know, there, there you go. So, I mean, I, yeah, I just love meeting people and hearing their stories and where they're from and what makes them tick. And um, so for me, networking or self-promotion, as you put it, um, is fun. You know, I mm. like so I like telling like people about own. my projects and I like hearing about their projects. Now, David said that it sounds like you're like you're making your own luck out there. Is that is that the case? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's there's there is no response. It's Maybe. fine. Um, Addr- address that empty platitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, so let's okay. So let's uh, continue with this uh, with this narrative here because well, I, oh, I, I, just wanna, I, I mean, you've got management now, and that's great. But I, I guess the uh, there's a part of me that just wants to hear any sort of horror stories or any sort of uh, uh, you know what's <laughs> who's who's the biggest a-hole who uh not by name of course but <laughs> who i met at the oscars no i just like uh it just do you ha- do you have any any stories of of just true hollywood sleazeballs coming coming after you uh hmm. i mean you, i mean you talked about the pressure but i just i i just picture everyone being jeremy piven from entourage <laughs> and, I, and i want those kind of stories <laughs> you know the thing is that um not really you hmm. know like i the, the the first big event like people always say you know how was the uh, how, how were the oscars and a lot of times they're referring to that one night but really the oscars were the entire month it's a state of mind isn't it greg 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they it started out with the nominees luncheon where they have all the, they get all the nominees together and um it was just an amazing experience and everyone was just really happy to be there. All of, all of the nominees. So, like every nominee like Kevin every, every, every nominee that that was able to attend huh. or in town came. So, so did you do some networking there? Were you able to meet some uh... Well, it was it was pretty funny because um they wanted to do a um they wanted to do a um picture uh with me and um Pete Doctor and John Lasseter because we all had won student academy awards. Oh okay. and then we were there. So we went to this back room and uh so number one, it was great to meet them mm-hmm. because I I mean just from a professional um point of view i love their work Uh and you know up was one of my favorite films last year and so just getting to chat with pete doctor was was fantastic and then in in that separate room you know met some other people um george clooney was there and i used to actually be one of his interns Uh so i went up and reintroduced myself and he's like oh intern to nominee that's not a bad jump (laughs) and uh so it was it was uh great uh, seeing him again and really, you know, tried to make the most of it also in terms of raising awareness about modern day slavery. That's what Kavi's about. And so what I was trying to do was this kind of ribbon wearing campaign where I would get other nominees to wear these blue ribbons Mm -hmm. to raise awareness about modern day slavery. So, um, I was, uh, I was actually, I saw, I'm a huge fan of uh, Morgan Freeman and, and his work. So I went up to him and started talking with him. And the nice thing about the nominee luncheon is that everyone's guard is down because everyone there is a nominee. And so we just started talking and I was, you know, I, want, I wanted his advice. I was like, what do you think? You know, I'm thinking about having other nominees wear these ribbons to raise awareness about slavery and do you think you know do you think people would wear them and he was like well i think any person would wear that kind of ribbon i mean you know if it's against modern day slavery and i was like well would this person just kind of like tapping him want to wear one he was like yeah sure i'll wear one (laughs) so um you know i actually ran into him at it i didn't have i only had the one that i was wearing and ran into him at um a party the next week and was like hey you remember i was talking to you about the the ribbons he was like oh yeah yeah and i was like well i've got them would you want to he was like yeah put it on and he put <laughs> out, pulled out his lapel and then i ran into him a couple of other times and each time he he had a different jacket on and he just put out his lapel for me <laughs> and he was like you know by the end of this you're probably going to have one of these on every single one of my jackets <laughs> uh, so that was you know that that was great but uh, and, you know, I got an email from someone at Pixar uh, saying that she, uh, Pete Doctor kind of came into the room that she was where she was having a meeting with the other producers and handed them these blue ribbons with like a personalized handwritten note that said, you know, these are where these for the Oscars for modern day slavery awareness. And uh-huh. so it was pretty amazing that um, these people were actually wearing these ribbons so um when it came down to walking the red carpet it's part of the dilemma was like how am i actually going to get 
other nominees to wear these. You know, if I send them in the mail, they won't wear them. So it really came down to doing it in person. And uh, by the day of, um, I just brought a big, you know, pocket full of blue ribbons with me to the Oscars and did the whole red carpet, all the interview, did some interviews, a lot of photos, and then got all the way down to the end of to the end of the carpet. And I was like, man. I got to go back for more. So I kind of like went upstream against all the traffic of the red <laughs> carpet, just asking people if they wanted to wear a blue ribbon for mo- for modern day slavery awareness and just did like the, you know, the 15 second pitch. I did this film. It's about modern day slavery. Just got nominated. Would you like to wear a blue ribbon, you know, to raise awareness against modern day slavery? And so Steve Carell wore one, the uh, editors of the Hurt Locker, Lee Daniels, yeah. So we got some pretty good support um, yeah. for the cause. And, uh, you know, so I had really great experiences. So to answer your question, there weren't um, there, 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 there weren't really any <laughs> bad experiences. There was one person who will uh, remain nameless who um, uh, was not that pleasant to interact with. And he kind of has a reputation in Hollywood. Um and kind of experienced that reputation, but Scott Rudin. No. <laughs> Wait, is it, is it Sandra Bullock? <laughs> <laughs> she was cool. Okay. Um, so, will you, will you tell David and I after the show? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm okay. Now we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. And it was probably Scott Rudin. He's got a, he, oh, was, he wasn't nominated for anything. No, I, I didn't know you meant nominee. Just, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. No, hang no, on. no, Hang on. Next <laughs> no, question. Not do this. Oh my gosh. This Don't is, do this to me. So fun. <laughs> Is it um, is it is it the sound guy for uh, Hurt Locker? I got to tell you, he looks a little frightening. Is that is that the guy? Oh, they, no, he was he was the tall guy. Everyone was really nice. Okay, yeah, he he does. Okay. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he looks a little, a little scary. There were several sound people involved. In the, the tall one. He's talking about the tall guy who looks kind of like the uh, the bad guy from Die Hard who gets choked with the chain. No. Oh, I didn't get to meet him. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sure he's a nice guy. It's not his fault he looks like that guy from Die Hard. No, it's not his fault. I think you could probably, you know, cut the hair, you know. But uh, that's but you know, he that's would just... just look like Malcolm McDowell. He would look like a different terrifying <laughs> that's guy. <true. laughs> that's true. Um, okay, so let's let's Greg, let's stop this guessing game about this terrible person that you met. Um, I don't know why you're why you're pushing it, um, but. Uh, Okay, I, I, I'm 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 running through the nominees here. No, okay, okay, let's that's, move that's on. neither here nor there. We're moving on, because um, <clears throat> I know that if I said it, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even give me the satisfaction of saying it that's was, him. Can we It was really cool what? actually meeting the other uh, short filmmakers. They were a fantastic mm-hmm. group of people, and um, oh, okay. If we're gonna talk about juice or inside gossip or whatever, did you meet the two people? Who won the documentary short? Oh, where the woman ran up. Oh and man! Interrupted the guy in the middle of his speech. Um, I met the guy Roger, uh, Roger, and he was a really cool guy. And uh, but from my view, what you couldn't see uh, on camera was, you know, they they called him up. He went. I saw him. He went racing down the aisle, and he was up there. And then all of a sudden, this other woman came down the aisle, and she was kind of like elbowing her way past the cameraman and uh, the multiple cameramen and tripping on her dress and just barely <laughs> making it up to the stage and then boom she pops in frame and i, I our, everyone's jaw just was 
dropped. Uh-huh. We, we didn't know what was going. What's going on? And uh, it so was, I mean, you hadn't met her in any of the nominees. No stuff because she wasn't technically nominated. Is that right? No, or I know she th- was nominated. I but, think she was technically yeah. nominated because they had an Oscar. They had two Oscars up there. But the, the thing is, only one person is supposed to to speak when you have a group. Exactly. And yeah, they actually sent a DVD to all the nominees. Hmm. Uh, actually, during the nominee luncheon, they spent about twenty minutes on how to make a good Oscar speech, and they all want they wanted us to prepare a speech. And then we got a DVD in the mail about the speeches with Tom Hanks on how to make a good Oscar speech. <laughs> and you know, I, it's valuable airtime. So uh-huh. they don't they don't want people getting up and going to the bathroom. They want people glued to the television. So you've, you they give you 45 seconds to um make a great speech and they wanted us to talk about what it means to be nominated or to win an Oscar and they emphasized multiple times to not thank individuals mm-hmm. because no one's going to know who those individuals are. So they actually had a thank you cam behind uh backstage where you could actually list all the yeah. all the people. And did you prepare a speech? Did you have yeah. it in your pocket? Yeah. Yeah, Good. absolutely. I mean, if I had 45 seconds to, you know, to speak to the world, uh, the, I w- would definitely not want to squander that opportunity. You know I, I mean, if I had 45 seconds to speak to the world, I would tell people that on an escalator, you stand to the right, you walk to the left. <laughs> That's what I would tell people. Or on the road, you fast lane. The left lane yes. is for overtaking only. Yes, the left lane is for overtaking only. These are the things. Oh, you are. But you know, I had something about you know modern day slavery and, and sure, yeah, and whatever. whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I probably would have said, "Hey, by the way, this nominee over here, he's a jerk." <laughs> Whoever it is. Um, the other cool thing was actually um, uh, Sagar Salunke, who plays Kavi, actually mm-hmm. came over with. Uh, some of the other Indian crew. Oh wow! So he he got to go to the Oscars along with one of the co-producers, awesome. uh, Guni. Oh, awesome! So um, it was really I hadn't seen him in forever, and it was so great to to see him again. Such a sweet kid. He's all grown up now, though. He's sixteen, but he 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 has he has grown up, but he doesn't look that much older. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just talk about. Uh, I mean, talk about when when you didn't win. What were you? Uh, how upset were you? Mm. You know, I was totally fine with it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I of course I was uh, disappointed, but just you know, seconds after not getting it, I was thinking, shoot, I got to go make something else. <laughs> you know, it's like I, w- <laughs> I want to go make another movie. Uh-huh. So it, it's great because it leaves you hungry for more, and you know the. Uh, one of the other sound editors of the Hurt Locker got up and during his Oscar speech, he was saying that this is the crowning achievement of his 30 year career. Hmm. And I was just thinking, man, this is my first film. <laughs> so getting a nomination is pretty damn good. I'm happy with that. And yeah, it really uh, leaves you hungry for more and you just want to go out and make, make more movies. So, um, you know, this is, this is, not only my first film, but my my thesis film. I can't think of a better way to start life after film school from winning the Student Academy Award to getting nominated for a regular Academy Award. It really doesn't get any better than that. And then actually, uh, now we return to the question that I forgot, um, but I'm glad that we 
kind of went along those lines. Um, and this is not necessarily the wrap-up question that it could be. Um, we can we can return to uh, whatever we're going to do. But, uh, I mean, what are you working on? You know, what are you working on now? Like, what is the next step? Because I know that for the last, you know, since then, I mean, you've still gone to a lot of different, uh, like, festivals and stuff. And it's it's almost as if because you because you're still tied to to Kavi not in a negative way of course like you you still have to run through the the festival circuit and and you really can't start on the next thing uh so like what are you working on now like what's 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 next yeah i mean the Kavi short really has been full time in a lot of ways even now we still have about 20 more festivals coming up um i kind of lost total um of the number of festivals we've we've done but uh i've it got a feature length version of the short that connects the slavery story from india back to the u.s and i've had a ton of meetings uh about about that and some other projects so i'm really uh, actually trying to diversify my portfolio of feature length stories that i want to tell and so i've got some other scripts and stories i'm really excited about mm-hmm. and they, like I said, it's it's kind of a diverse portfolio. I've got things that are just based in the U.S., um, but the through line for the stories I want to tell are that uh, these are movies that leave the audience better off for having seen them. You know, I want to tell powerful and engaging stories that um, that are kind of like movies that matter. You know, movies that um inspire and and could possibly educate without being preachy but just you know the 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 through line is that um they're powerful movies that matter um and uh and actually this will kind of take us back a little bit um you know uh, the in in regards to to management i mean you're trying to establish a career that is, as you say, it matters. You know, you're making films that will educate and you know, kind of illuminate the audience about various uh, subjects. Um, and this is, I, I apologize, this is probably going to sound kind of cynical. One could look at that and say, well, there's not a lot of money in that. You know what I mean? And so, in fi- I mean, I were you. Of course, you wouldn't lie, but I mean, I have to assume you were very open and honest when seeking management about what you want your career to be. Um, did you ever get anybody who tried to almost talk you out of that and say, well, yes, uh, that's all that's all well and good. But we have to, you know, got to establish you as a brand first. Yeah. And what what percentage of or, or to what extent did the people who approached you about management and whatnot? To what extent did they educate themselves about what Kavi was? Well, everyone had seen the film, and I think the film really speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a powerful story. It's not a it's not a blockbuster tentpole uh-huh. kind of movie mm-hmm. by any means, and I think it's an accurate reflection of my sense of storytelling and um, the kind of movies that I do want to make. So. There really is that balance of creating films that um, emotionally engage and move the audience and 
in a way that will get butts in seats. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's uh-huh. got at the end of the day, it, it's it's people have to buy tickets for it or they have to buy the DVDs. So right. if if I want to make another movie, I've got to make one that um, is somewhat commercial. So the thing is that the the short film has done really well and uh i you just tell as an for, for the feature film it's just got to be whether it's this the copy feature or whether it's one of the other feature films that i'm working on mm-hmm. it's just got to be an incredible story that people can't help but to watch and mm-hmm. want to watch and tell other people about it mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it, it it really just comes down to powerful storytelling and hopefully good marketing yeah. and because a lot of times people don't know what they want until they're told what they want and at least told what the options are like hey this is a viable of this is a a film that you're going to enjoy mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of getting that in front of people um, and then, uh, and I guess, uh, you know, as, as we've mentioned, you've, you've gone on to do a lot of, a lot of film festivals and we kind of touched on that, uh, in the previous episode, but, uh, I mean, you recently, for example, you went to Cannes, um, and, but you also, uh, student, you got a, a student, uh, a student Emmy, right? Yeah. The college television awards, which is, um, pretty much yeah a student emmy okay. through the television academy okay. and uh they have a separate section also called the humanitarian award okay which it which it won oh okay um and so you so let's see you went to can student emmy uh and then you also went to italy and what were the what were the circumstances oh uh, for italy yeah. it was uh it was a program with the angelus student film festival if anyone out there is uh, a student filmmaker I would highly recommend that you submit to the Angeles Student Festival. I think the deadline is is coming up pretty soon, but they first have the festival at the Directors Guild uh, of America in L.A., mm-hmm. and it's incredibly generous uh, prize. I think first prize is $10,000, and then I won um, a different prize, the, the Triumph of the Spirit Award. And it's kind of like the festival that keeps on giving. Then they took the five winning filmmakers and took us to Sundance where we screened our films at a side panel. And then they took us to Italy uh, about a month ago. It was an all expenses paid trip uh, where we screened our film in uh, Milan, Florence and Rome. And, you know, a, a friend who was on that trip, this guy, Oscar Bucher, who actually did a fantastic film called waiting for a train. I recommend that you Google Oscar and waiting for a train. He was like, you know, these films are our little passports that are taking us all over the place. (laughs) And, you know, you work on something for three or four years and it's, it's been a wonderful experience to have this little passport opening up doors and taking us all over the world. Um, what, uh, now I think I think when you were last on the show, uh, I don't think you had gone yet, but you were going to um, uh, go to uh, D.C. 
and you're going to oh, screen right. it screen it there. Uh, I forget yeah. what was the, what we, was the we screened we screened Kavi for the House Committee on Foreign Affairs. That's right. Yes, and that was a fabulous experience. Yeah. And it was we had representatives from the State Department, from uh, Senator Payne's office. Actually, Senator Payne was there, and someone later told me that they do these kinds of events all the time and the senators and their staff never come. They just send an intern, but he was there with his entire staff and it, yeah, there were other um, representatives from anti-slavery organizations. So that was, a, that was an incredible honor uh, to screen for the committee. And that's led to other things, partnerships, um, and conversations with um, n- nonprofits like uh, one called Nanubai, which is raises uh, funds for education in rural India. And um, I'm actually the keynote speaker uh, in a couple, next week um, for the Coalition Against Slavery and Trafficking. Hmm. Um, and then doing something with another organization called Pratham, which is, again... Um, aid for um, education in India and other issues in in India. So a lot of great things came out of that. And so, um, excuse me. So, I mean, the film, what's interesting about Kavi specifically and your experience with it is that it's almost like it's, it's almost viewed on two, not necessarily two levels because one's not necessarily above the other, but like on one side, you've got Oscars, film festivals, you know, a lot of, Art, it, art, you know, artistically meritorious, um, meritorious. Yeah, that's the word. Okay, um, you know, you've got a lot of a lot of that, um, a lot of pre- prestige there. But on the other side, you've got the social element uh, in which you can, you know, you screen it for senators and various nonprofits and and that sort of thing. Um, is that and and you mentioned the uh, what your goals as a filmmaker are as far as movies that matter is that you know is that something when you talk about a movie that matters is it going to is it going to be like almost strictly social issues or are you you know are you going to like but pick me, an issue and then move move on from there oh yeah you know answer that first then i have okay. a question well as far as the approach the issue or the story first um the story's always got to come first okay. and for Kavi, it's just about a boy who wants to go to school and play cricket, but he can't. Yeah. He's forced to make bricks. So when you create those kinds of situations, then I think that the issues can speak for themselves as long as you're just telling um, a powerful story with compelling characters who want something badly and are having a hard time getting it. Mm-hmm. So... um the in in terms of other kinds of things that I I want to make they don't necessarily have to be social issues. Okay. Um, in fact, some of the ideas that I've got are not okay. social issue based, but they are things that deserve dialogue. Mm-hmm. And what I really tried to do with Kavi was, and I hope to do with other films, is you know create something like I said that's entertaining but that uh, can be used in other ways mm-hmm. as an illustration. Um, but the irony is that the more you try to make an issue film, the less it actually serves the issue. 
And so that's why I keep on saying that it always comes back to just powerful stories with compelling characters who want something badly but are having a lot of difficulty well, getting it. That leads me kind of directly into my question. The example I was going to use is uh, Gavin Hood, who made this uh, a film called Sotsi, yep. I think. Yep. And it's it's a I mean it's a, it's kind of a genre. It's got genre elements to it, but it's also very much a movie about class relations and poverty and it stuff won, like that. It won foreign film that year, correct? Did yes. It? Did? Yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, and so that's great, but then he, based on, you know, it's a it's a critical and a moderate art house success, and so he was offered X-Men Origins Wolverine. Now, in between, he did get Rendition, which is okay. actually a very bad film. Have you seen it? Yeah. But I'm saying, let's say you make the feature-length copy, and it has this, the success to the level that, that Sotsi did, and then someone says, well, how would you like to adapt the superhero? And it's a, a big studio comes and throws millions of dollars at you and says, the superhero movie or like this next installment in our horror franchise or whatever, uh, would would you do it? I mean, obviously there's more elements that have to go into it. If the script were good, would you, would you, are you interested in that? Well, uh, Steven Soderbergh and George Clooney approach it with the, the mindset mindset one for them one for us one uh-huh. for them one for us yeah so i could all you know that i would it would be that would be a great problem to have <laughs> you know yeah to be in that kind of situation <laughs> and uh i mean the, i guess the, i, I it, you know it depends on the, it depends on the script too you look at something like district nine mm-hmm. and that has a great social social justice and social issue angle to it yeah and also, it's a sci-fi standpoint yeah district nine also sort of revels in people getting blown to shit a lot like would that that was kind of a problem we had with it is it one of my problems with this would that upset you morally at all if someone like i, I use the example of a horror uh horror movie would you i would okay hope that i would like, i would hope that i would be in a situation where i could um have input into the script mm-hmm to to um, help uh, shape it or tweak it in a way that really um, makes me all the more passionate about it. Okay, and that actually that I mean that kind of answers the the question I was going to ask. But I mean, uh, so like if do you, I mean would you consider yourself as far as what your goal is to be a writer a writer director? Not just a dir- not merely a director. I realize that's a little reductive to say merely, but like, uh, not just a director, uh, but someone who writes his own scripts and and you know makes them come to to fruition. Um, or like, are you are you very kind of trepidatious about the idea of of directing somebody else's script, or are you open to? I'd, it? I'd be totally open to directing okay. someone else's <clears throat> script, provided that you are, have some kind of influence on it. Um. If if it's a if it's a perfect script, then I don't need to tweak it. Okay. You know, if 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 it's a great script and I connect with the story and the characters, and then then great, mm-hmm. just go shoot it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> All right. Well, we've been going for about fi- uh, fifty-five minutes. Okay. Is that? I'm yeah. sorry. Is that all right? No, that's great. Okay. It's it's I'm so a good time. <laughs> it's so so you know so rare for us to these days come in under an hour. Yeah. That um. But uh, but I yeah I should get home and get some sleep anyway. I have watched the uh, Lost finale five times this week, and that is a <laughs> that's a two and a half hour finale. Now it's, it's like an hour and fifty after commercial when okay. you fast forward to commercials. 
That's, that astounds me, David. Um, <laughs> but you have a TV podcast, so it's it's okay. You yeah. know, um, I went to church this week, <laughs> so it stands to reason. Um, but uh, but actually, before we get going, you and I were talking the other day. Um, Kavi is currently available on iTunes. Yes, it costs two dollars. No, a dollar ninety nine. <laughs> Even better. Thanks, Greg. Um, anyway, uh, and I, I said this last time you were on the show, but I really can recommend this movie. Now, Absolutely. Tyler and Greg are close friends, so you can't really take Tyler's word for it, but I barely know Greg at all. And I can tell you that it is a really good movie. I remember the story I told was that when you were going to be on the show last time, Greg, I showed up here at Tyler's house a little early so I could, because I hadn't seen Kavi yet. And like Tyler was like, okay, I, you know, he had shit to work on. And now he was like, I, he was like, I'm going to throw it in and you can watch it before Greg gets here. And I was like, okay. And I was really kind of trepidatious. <laughs> I was like, I had to talk to this guy for an hour. If I hate this movie, it's going to be really awkward. And yeah. I was so relieved that not only did I like the movie, I loved it. So, yeah. uh, it really Thanks. does. It's, it's well worth a buck 99. Yeah. What, I, what I'm about to say, I guess you can just completely disregard, uh, based on what David said. Cause I, I I'm friends with Greg, um, <laughs> that, uh, the, yeah, it is, it, you know, it's, it's exactly what you want what you want it to be. Uh, by say by you, I mean you, Greg. The way you've described it, it is about an issue, but not really about it. It's it's about a character whose life is affected by an issue, and and so it it isn't preachy. It doesn't need to be. The power is there. You know what I mean. And so uh, so it's yeah. A, it's, just, it's it's a movie that's in, enjoyable to watch. Like yeah. it's, it's such a heavy subject that people. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid that people just knowing the subject might go in thinking like, "Well, this is important." This, you know, viewing it yeah. as homework almost. Yeah, but no, is it? It's a very enjoyable 18 minutes. How long is it? Yeah, it's, it's 17. Well, yeah, okay, 17 minutes before the credits. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 enjoyable to watch. It's very well made with a, a very charismatic uh, uh, lead mm-hmm. performance by. I'm sorry, I forget how you say his name. Sagar Salunke. Sa- what was that? Sagar Salunke. Salunke. Um, and so, uh, so I highly recommend it, uh, and it's available on iTunes. It's going to be there, uh, you know, for as long as Greg wants it to be. It's only $2, $1.99. I apologize. Uh, I really recommend people head on over to iTunes, pay the money, download it. It helps out Greg and, and it's just a really great film and I highly recommend uh, people go do that. Yeah, I mean, if it, it would also be great if people left any feedback, you know, mm. that whether whether you you know like it or don't, we could always use feedback on the film. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, our listeners are used to hearing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll say for Greg, Tyler said for- you might get some bad comments. <laughs> That's, be, uh, it's is like that, okay. Is that your impression of me? Bad comments. That is kind of probably how I said it, because um, it's so exhausting to me. But well, uh, we'll get a range of comments because you exactly. have a range of listeners, so that's great. Our listeners are pretty sophisticated. Sure, they got it worked out. Yeah, they're gonna love this thing. There's no question about it. Cool. Um, now what? Uh, now where where else can people find you? You are well, uh, just, and also make sure in a few years to tune in when Greg has directed uh, Paranormal Activity three. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man, you beat me to it. I was going to say Saw nine, um, but because uh, there is that series is not slowing down and it astounds <laughs> no. me. Um, but uh, 
But where else? Because uh, you're, you know, kind of an internet presence at this point. Uh, where else can people uh, can people find you online? Well, they can find everything through the website kavithemovie.com. That's K-A-V-I kavithemovie.com, and we've got a Facebook fan page, and we're trying to really uh, build momentum with that mm. uh, to. Um, channel it into the, the raising awareness for slavery and um, any other future projects and also on Twitter it's at G Helvey um, and there's also information on the website if you want to learn more about anti-slavery organizations mm-hmm. who are actually fighting this issue and we have screening packages if you want to host a home screening and get friends together and all kinds of stuff like that. So, now, Greg, let's say somebody wants to uh, wants to donate to an anti-slavery organization, but they don't want to. They don't want to support you. <laughs> they don't want to go to the website. What are some uh, off the top of your head that uh, that you that are, they're doing good work? They're very effective in their in their efforts. Uh, what are some that you recommend? Um, there is the Coalition Against Slavery and Trafficking, also known as CAST. They're based out of Los Angeles. There's International Justice Mission, uh, Not for Sale, um, Polaris Project. Uh, I learned of a new one today called Fair Fund, and they're actually the only organization in the U.S. that's focusing on children um, in the U.S. who are kidnapped and or mm-hmm. sold even into slavery, into mm-hmm. sex slavery. Is um, that F-A-I-R? Yeah. Okay, Fair Fund. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, Greg, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. And again. Also, like, if oh, somewhere in New York, and they wanted to get a, a really good fitting tux, or or or, or, <laughs> or just a yeah, a, hey. a sport coat. Yeah. Well, where would you send them? Alton Lane. Alton Lane. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, We're you know, if people thing, if people are moved by the film, I'd really encourage them to. Uh, tell their friends about it and just really help us to build the momentum because it's, it's a good cause. It's an entertaining film and, you know, artists like me and, and others really need other people's support. You know, mm-hmm. we can't, cannot do it without the viewers, can't do it without the fans and friends. Word of mouth is how this thing is going to, how this thing is going to spread. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you and I were t- talking about, uh, you doing, uh, you know, uh, film festivals after the Oscars had happened. And I remember saying, like, yeah, Oscars is the big thing. Don't you stop doing this after a while? <laughs> and, uh, you know, <clears throat> and you mentioned that, that, you know, some of the smaller ones you, you, don't, you, you don't go to anymore because, of course, you just you can't be everywhere at once and you got to kind of pick your battles. Um, not that a festival is a battle, but, uh, but yeah, and so I would, I would implore people not to take the same view that I did. Just because the Oscars have come and gone, uh, doesn't it doesn't mean the, the the film is gone. You know, it's still on iTunes. It's you know, it's still out there, and it still need. I would say it still needs to be seen, and it's still a good movie. And so I would really, yeah, we we're really plugging it. Uh, but I I really want people to come away from this episode uh, knowing where they can find the film. And uh, again, dollar ninety nine on iTunes. It's good stuff. And if they want to see it on the big screen, there's a list of screenings at local festivals where it's playing, and uh, they can always sign up for our newsletter that goes out once a month with uh, updates on that. Okay, great. Okay. All right. You can find us 
at, of course, BattleshipRetention.com or in iTunes. Search for Battleship Retention. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Leave us a review, good or bad. doesn't hurt. I would prefer good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, Battleship Retention Live will be uh, Saturday, June 5th. Wow, I just drew a blank there. Saturday, June 5th yeah. at 8 p.m. in Meltdown Comics on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, you can find me and my other podcast... Uh, at previously on in iTunes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the pretension. Uh, and of course you can email me or Tyler at David at battleship com or Tyler at battleship com, And you can find Tyler's other podcast at more than one lesson.com or in iTunes under more than one lesson or on Twitter at twitter.com slash more lessons. Right. All right. Thank <laughs> you for being here with us again, Greg Helvey. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you guys. All right. We're gonna we're gonna find out who that asshole nominee is. Absolutely. Man, Bye. I cannot wait. <laughs> we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.